Mike Lanahan, aka Mick Lane Lanny Lane. It's simply yeah, it's simpler than that. It's just Mike Lanny. Wow, that's fine. Fucking easy. Uh, is an up and coming rap artist from Albany, New York. He came out with a five song album called Sex and Breakfast in 2016. He got a scholarship from Sage College for art, but later dropped out because he needed the money. And the rest is history. He just released Lane. Wow, I can't even fucking say that. Lanny Bars <laughs> before the end of 2019, which is also another five song album or EP. Uh, when he isn't dropping EPs, he is working as assistant manager at Panera Bread. Most of that changed, but uh, nope, um, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, everyone should go follow him on Spotify, Apple Music, and basically anywhere else you can uh, listen to music. Yeah. Okay. Start this. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what got you into music? Um. Well, like I said, like you said, I was going to I was going to college for art, and um, Sage didn't have a graphics design department, and kind of knew that's where things were heading. Um, so I didn't know what I was going to do with my art, and I needed to make some money. So I started, you know, just working regular jobs, but I still needed a creative outlet. So you know, I was like, I think I can kind of rap. Let's try this out. <laughs> Yeah. And I was all right. I was all right at it, so I I kept running with that. So that's cool. Yeah. What when, when did you specifically figure out you wanted to be like a rapper instead of uh, like singer songwriter or something outside of that? Um, I can't sing, and I can't play an instrument, but I always <laughs> I always liked like you know the um like wordplay and playing with word and how creative I could be in in that regard. Um. Plus, I kind of, you know, I grew up in the 90s, and hip-hop was huge in the 90s, so that was, like, a big influence in my life. So I was like, you know what, let me give this a shot. And uh, I don't know. I could have sucked at it. I don't know if I would have known any better, but. Yeah, that's why, like, it's better to try than not try at all. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, I tried to, like, have a band, like, multiple times in, like, high school, uh, middle school, high school, and then I kind of had a band for, like, five seconds, and then, like, someone, like, was, like, into drugs or something. I was like, ah, go away. So, it's too real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like behind the music before it even started. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that all happened, and then, but I still wrote, like, I have like seventy something songs like stashed away somewhere. Oh wow! Yeah, so, and uh, I took some of them and I um, I uh, turned them into poems and I put those on my my personal Instagram and then I turned that into like a poem book. Oh cool! Because awesome. yeah, yeah, like, like last year or whatever. Dylan's like when he was still in New York, he's like, hey, you should try to make like a little extra money. So I did that. Um, and then I put it on Amazon. But uh, this is that's yeah, not about yeah. me. Um, no, the, the band thing is tough, man, because it only it yeah. takes one guy not showing up for band practice, and then everything's screwed. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly like the scheduling. Like I, I'm, I was always the person that had to like. I, I was the person that was trying to put it together. So I guess yeah. But like my friend Ryan was like a drummer, and then he like hurt his leg. Like he actually got like a granite like dropped on his leg. Oh, like wow. a giant wow. piece of granite. And so like, what? So then he took an arrow to the knee. No. 
I actually like Skyrim, so that's kind of hilarious. Um, so then uh, it got dropped in his leg on the first day of this one job that he worked at in Glenville. And then he got like a huge amount of money from that, like workers comp, whatever it was. And then, uh, yeah. But after that, like he couldn't be the drummer. And then I was like, oh, and then I got to find another drummer. And then like I was just being like for like four or five years, I was like just trying to find people to be like in a band and it just never happened. So, yeah, that's a pain. But uh, I actually like, so we're going in like, in a way, we're kind of going in like phases, like with our comics, like how Marvel is doing it. Like they come up with a slate of movies that are coming out, or whatever. For our comics, yeah, yeah. there's a, we're coming out with the first story of our graphic novel, but like the second story of the trilogy features a couple musicians and stuff. Oh, and cool. yeah. And uh, there's a guy that went to my school and he's in like a hardcore band or whatever. And I was like, Oh, you want to be a comic book character? He's like, Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm like, Oh, okay. So uh, I put him in and then like, he's like part of a band and then he has to like avenge his like band members or whatever. Cause they like got killed. But, uh, that's their little plot. Arc. Yeah. That's their little plot arc. And, uh, then I, we had a perk or a reward on our Kickstarter and you gave us a hundred dollars, which was awesome. And yeah, yeah with a hundred dollars, you can uh, become like a character, like a main character or whatever, or side character in our comics. And, uh, I just did your description, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I was stoked for that, man. You guys do a lot of cool stuff, so I was like, really, it, w- it was easy to want to contribute to that because you guys seem to really be doing cool things, so I was yeah. excited for that. Yeah, because uh, Dylan said, like, uh, before the end of last year, he's like, come up, well, actually, it was before he left for New York still. He's like, come up with, like, a list of musicians you want on your podcast. <laughs> And uh, I was like, well, we're mostly, like, indie stuff. And he's like, yeah, but, like, maybe one day you'll actually want, like, guests that are, like, up and, like, big, like, uh, um, like DMX or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because there's musicians that are actually doing comics. So uh, there's Lights. I don't know if you ever heard of her. She does. She has a comic that's based around, like, she has an album based around her comic that she drew and everything. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, and I know you wanted to kind of make a comic that was some form like that. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. I, I was, I wasn't trying to like pitch anything to you, but I was like, because I, I, I always leave it to the like talented, creative people. So, um, you know, even like when I'm doing artwork for an album cover um or even if i'm going to get like tattooed or something i'll give them like a little bit and be like run with it and if they come back and they're like this is what i want to do i'm like okay cool yeah my tattoo artist uh i'm like i don't want anything like my one friend slightly friend he's kind of annoying um (laughs) he won't listen to this anyway uh um he uh Basically, he his tattoos are like not as unique as like most, because I'm like that. I can literally find that on Google Images. Like, yep. that's just not unique. I want things that are like unique and actually like just draw. Like, I give you the idea from Google, and then like you just like turn it into your own thing. And he's like, oh yeah, okay. 
but yeah. he just keeps it basically almost the same as like what's on Google. I'm like that's there's no like uniqueness to that. So I just find that boring. Yeah, if I yeah, if I have an uh, idea for a tattoo and I Google it, somebody has it already. I'm I'm not getting it. Yeah, and then I didn't even know the quote that is on my arm is a Walt Disney quote, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, like, is there like a certain like mindset that you have to get in to uh, like write songs or you just come up with a song and then you like write it in your note app or something? Um, a lot of times it's motivated by the, the production that I get. So if somebody gives me a beat, um, that might send me in a certain direction, um, depending on how I take the beat. But, um, I don't know. I, I find that it's harder to write music when I'm happy. If I'm happy, I like... I don't write happy music. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to write happy music. So I'm like, all right. Music so it's usually in the mind. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, if I'm like, you know, breakups or angry or whatever, it's easier to write. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> well, that's funny, too, because uh, like every, every like uh, phase of music over the last few, like, you know, decades goes over different emotions. But, you know, there's way more than, like, the, like, there's very few, like, just happy ones. They're usually, like, the sad emo ones, the angry rock ones, right? The, you know, there's stuff like that where it, it, it weaves in and out of all the uh, high emotions that aren't just bliss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, most of my songs are, like, I have a beat that's sort of, like, in, like, whole like melody and everything it's like in my head that's kind of like based around like another song that i've heard of from like a day to remember or something and then i'm like oh how can i make my own song out of this then i like yeah. tweak it in my head yeah so that's and it started it like make, cool, it so. comic books too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like that scene in this movie i'm gonna make that and then i'm like <laughs> you can't do that and he's like fine <laughs> Same with characters. There was a character that we had that's so much like Deadpool. And he's like, so you mean like Deadpool? And I was like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, so we killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we just had like make it more unique. Uh, yeah. So that was yeah, kinda... I find myself avoiding a lot of music, so I'm not overly influenced by it. Um <laughs> Like, I, I grew up on certain things. Like, I listened to a lot of hip-hop, but there was also a lot of, like, uh, you know, metal and punk rock and stuff like that. But now I think I listen to... The more I wrote rap, the less I listen to it. I mean, I still, like, will dive in every once in a while, but I don't binge it as much as I used to because I don't want it to subconsciously be in my brain and then stumble across some lyric... And then that's because that's like a huge faux pas in rap. If you're, um, yes, yeah, you're stealing licks. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, so I I actually listen to a lot of non hip hop music now. Yeah, uh, like Mozart and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like Mozart. <laughs> you really get the uh, the lyrics flowing <laughs> yeah. with, with those instrumentals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom's like. The music I listen to is like not like like you you can I can understand it obviously because I like it but there's like yeah, some yeah, people yeah. Are like you I can't understand what the fuck they're saying I'm like how and my mom is like that. 
uh, she's like, how can you understand what they're saying? And then I'm like, it's not that hard. To, like some of that screaming stuff is like, oh, like there's like a certain point that I'm like, yeah, I can't even understand that. But like, that sounds like a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, but um, I like more pop punk stuff than uh, okay. any of that. Like, I'm gonna kill you in your sleep kind of music. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, plus I feel like the better samples for, like, hip-hop beats come from, you know, random other genres. So I'll listen to that stuff, too. And then, like, I think an Amy Mann song came on during – I was watching Magnolia, and there's an Amy Mann song. And I guarantee no rapper would ever sample this song. So I sent it to my buddy, and he's like, yeah, let's try it. Um, so that's fun, too, is to li- listen to other genres to find new samples that I can – ruined by rapping over (laughs) well actually i was gonna say say it's interesting too because uh recently my my brother's been getting into straight beat production for hip-hop artists so i'm down in nashville and he's a music producer and i'm helping him put up put online like basically a big collection of beats because that's a thing that hip-hop artists don't typically do their own beat production they grab a beat they grab a sample um, they mix it the way they want, or sometimes they just take the whole collection and then they just put a rap over it because, like, it ins- like the beat itself inspires the lyrics. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I do- yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, he was actually, I think, one of the first to before that kind of genre started was uh, like country mixing with rap. Some of those songs started coming out and he was like, I think one of the first to actually like be like, Oh, this is going to be a thing. And people were like, no, it's not. And then like that one song, I, I forgot what it was called. Old town. Um, Road. That, and, and then like that came out and then there's a couple other songs that are kind of like that, that started coming out. I was like, oh, it's, okay. it's crazy too. I think that that kid bought that, um, the song or the mix to it for like 25 bucks or something stupid like that. It was like, like the guy, like it was almost nothing. <laughs> they play Old Town Road at Panera. So <laughs> they, they yeah. some, whatever recipe they have uh, with the hip hop and country crossover, it's, they're making a lot of money off it. Yeah. And then like you were saying for $25, a lot of guys will make bundles and bundles and bundles of beats and then throw them out for 25 bucks to get quick money. And then when it, if it blows up, they lose out on the, you know, the back end of it for $25. Yeah. Well, 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 it all depends too. Cause like, um, so like one of the things that my brother's doing is we're working on building sample packs. So like those are, those are still going to be, you know, pretty developed little beats. But the point is that, you know, if you could sell that to a hundred people, as opposed to just selling one, and if you sell them for 10 to 25 bucks, you're making more than you might make if you're trying to work with that same artist who can't, you typically afford to like hire a full-time, you know, pro, uh, producer or mix engineer, just because like yeah. if, once you get to a certain level, like the, like they, tr- they charge a crazy amount of money compared, you know, compared to someone who's, you know, doesn't have like mass, uh, capital behind them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't. I mean, some of these guys get a million dollars a beat or something like that. I think like Timberland gets like a million dollars a beat. It's insane. Just like one little, boom, boom, oh, a million dollars. 
Um, I mean, he's also produced for like Justin Timberlake and stuff yeah. like that. So throw his name on it, it's instant. You know, you're getting people listening. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm not like that into uh, rap, but uh, when I found that song that you made, uh, Pizza Party, or you were like featured oh, in it or something, that was that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, me and um, me and Dez. Me and Des did that. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Uh, those guys from Pig Food Records, they just do amazing. Um, everything they do is great. You know, from uh, the music videos or the artwork. They found the artist who did the artwork for the Sex and Breakfast album cover, and he's like a British guy who does um, political cartoons. But he has an Instagram where he would do like sexy art or like like weird sexual comics and um or he'll take like the wendy's logo and make it like a skull or something like that but um the art that i chose for that was the most mild of it because he had other breakfast art doing very disturbing things to each other so um <laughs> yeah, not for breakfast <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i was like all right like he had one that was like a pad of butter smeared on a pancake and like the butter's ass was out so it was um it was very interesting <laughs> the butter's ass was out that's a i think i have all the sketches on my instagram and uh yeah they're it's it's good stuff <laughs> yeah finding finding album artwork or finding an artist to do what you envision for your artwork is is pretty pretty fun because uh I, i've helped uh i've helped make some artwork for my brother's singles and then i've also just helped them look at artists and uh specific things he's looking for and it's it's super fun to like see what an artist like like just like how an artist builds out their characters and go okay i see what you've made here how can we make this symbolize this song or this album yeah i mean that's a cool part just like working with a tattoo artist or anything going to them and finding someone you feel comfortable enough giving them your idea or letting them hear a song and letting them run with it and then when it comes back and it matches or it's better than what you had in your brain, like, it's that's pretty great. It's tough, though, when somebody comes back with art and you're like, no, not even close. It's like, I'm not I'm mad. Just, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, tattoo art is a lot like uh, music, production, music production because, like, once it's out there, it's out there. So, yeah. obviously, if, like, unless it's not published or something and it's like stored somewhere like a hard drive. But, um, cause once it's on your skin, you can get it lasered off, but like that, that costs even more money. So, yeah. Yeah. Like my Depending uncle. It, yeah. Yeah. So like you graffiti something on the side of a building, you're like, Oh shit. Like I, either you got to wash that off, like however they do it or it's like there forever. So Yeah. Yeah, but like uh, how musicians like get into comics, I don't. I would I would have to like listen to the like music in order like for yours. I would have to listen to your music to figure out like what you would want with it. Even the artist would have to listen to the music to try to figure out like what the art style would be and uh, all that. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Sex and Breakfast artwork, it was a little more simple because it's. I think it's right there in the title, <laughs> like Sex so and Breakfast. Was, yeah, so he's like, well, I'll, I'll have breakfast stuff, having sex with each other. So um, <laughs> that was a little more simple. I, 
a lot of times I have a very strong idea of what I want the art to be. Um, so I may go to somebody who I know can just execute it right away. But, um, you know, if you want like a single piece of artwork for a single or, or something like that, it's, it's probably best that they listen to the music and understand where you're coming from with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, my, the one album, like I was, I was trying to uh, get an album, like art already done before the songs were done. Like they weren't even like, made. <laughs> uh, and I had my friend Tony a couple years ago, just try to make like an album art for this whole album that I had like already, like all the songs were like listed and everything. And all, I, all we had to do was actually make the songs, <laughs> practice and everything. But uh, I was like, yeah. So I was just trying to rush it. And I was like, this is what I'm thinking of, like what the album art would be. And the name of the album was Mind Games, The World's Carnival, because like, obviously like people are just trying to play mind games with you like yeah, throughout yeah. life. So that's what it was about. And then he completely came with a idea I had no interest in. It's like that's not what I wanted at all. I was like I just wasted like three weeks talking to you about all this and then yeah. I was like, never mind. Yeah, at that point you I like I'll even sometimes draw a, you know a, a rough sketch of what I want myself if I really don't think the person can uh, execute it. But um <laughs> but then it's good if you know somebody who can really like who understands what your vision is or whatever and then you just tell them and then it's there or better yeah. like i said yeah, better than you even thought it would be yeah absolutely that's that's actually something we're working on with our comics too is that some, there's some panels like we have something going on in it but like we don't really care how it's portrayed and it's like just do your thing here's all the characters here's the scene but you can set how like the panel view is looking and then there's sometimes where we're like, this is exactly how I want it seen. I want it like from worm's eye view, from mid shot, looking at these two characters facing each other at a 90 degree angle. It's like <laughs> super specific. Yeah, there's, definitely, there's definitely times where my mind is like, this is this has to be it 100%. Um, but then also I've gotten artwork from people like like you were saying you got it you got artwork you had idea for an artwork the artwork first or the name of the album, and then go from there. Um, I yeah. think I might have done that with Lanny Bars, which was me being super clever because Lanny sounds like Zannies. So I was like, <laughs> um, let me make an album that kind of um, feels like that, and uh, then I just put my name on a Xanax, and um, it was really <laughs> really simple. <laughs> so question do you do you consider your music rap or hip-hop um what's the difference <laughs> cue jeopardy music yeah yeah i think i think in my opinion rapping is is like the the rapper is rapping if that makes sense. So the rapper saying the lyrics is rapping, but I, I feel like the, so I can rap without a beat or a chorus, but if it's a beat and a chorus and a full song, I think that's hip hop. And then like people who really dive into the elements of hip hop will tell you that it has to be like a DJ and a break dancer and 
um, you know, graffiti artists were really involved in early hip hop. So that's like the initial hip hop culture, you would say, um, has those elements. But, you know, it doesn't exactly work that way anymore. It's kind of gone and, you know, really far away from that. So, you know, there used to be crews of people that would be, uh, you know, a, a graffiti artist would be tagging the name of the of the group and then you'd have break dancers and a DJ and then, uh, you know, an MC. But those things are all separate and they work on their own now. But like, yeah. remember, like I, I feel like the Black Eyed Peas tried to do like a real crappy version of like, hey, we'll have all the elements of hip hop, but we'll do hip hop music that rap like people who like hip hop don't really want and then we'll also make kind of pop music that nobody cares about either so um yeah hey where, where's the love <laughs> let's get it started but uh but uh yeah no, i was just curious because like whenever i think of the two i usually think of rap as the more uh hardcore versions that like when you think of like the old slim shady albums or but where like hip-hop is more yeah, I guess it's it's like as rap starts to, you know, turn towards pop, like that's where I see hip hop kind of coming in. And like hip hop's the origins, like if you listen to like the old like LL Cool J albums, like that's, you know, like that's more like this old style hip hop. And then you have like gangster rap where it's not like gangster hip hop. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of yeah. where I distinguish the uh, the two, at least in my mind. But uh, yeah, all, all these uh, genres get blended. Yeah, and I think um, hip hop is kind of a newer thing. Like, it's not. It's one of the newer forms of 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 music. It's only like maybe forty years old now. So, um, all the subgenres that have come from it now, uh, you know, you have like, I don't even know. You get like, I don't know. Limp Biscuit was kind of doing a, a thing that was like kind of rap, but you got all these different subgenres. The Beastie now. Boys. <laughs> yeah, and Lincoln Park kind of uh went there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody started once you know once it got popular, and you could see, you know, all these different uh, crossovers. You know, even like Rage Against the Machine kind of does a little bit of of you know rap. Um, but yeah, there's there's all kinds of other weird subgenres now. Um, that I can't even think of. But there's like <laughs> noise. I was trying to think of one. I heard it was called like. And it's called like noise rap or something like that, but it's like really. Well, there's like trap rap, yeah. There's hip hop yeah. rap. There's you know tons of different variations of those. Well, it's it's like because uh, like EDM is probably one of the newest new, like newest forms of music, and like when once that came out, there's like eight thousand subgenres and cross subgenres that they made. Like there's house, there's uh, what is it? Yeah, I can't remember all of them. There's like house. There's something like trap, and then there's like house trap, and like there's like there's various combinations that just keep going. Yeah. Is there any genre of music you um, don't like? The only thing I can't listen to is like pop country. Like, if it's country on the radio, I I uh, I don't know if I can. Is that is that Luke Bryan or whatever that kind of stuff? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I I don't I like know. country. I'm not opposed to like, like Johnny Cash would be considered country, but I, you know, I like that. But I think like, if you're sitting down, because sitting down to make a country song that's specifically that you're like, I'm gonna make a million dollars off this and it's gonna be on the radio, then I'm probably not gonna have any interest. Yeah, in like it. they took my tractor, 
My girl, my dog, like that. Yeah. Yeah, that or the one that I'm. I heard it. Uh, I'm drunk on a plane. The country song about being drunk on a plane, and I was like, I don't think I, I don't think I like this. Yeah, all. I don't think planes have a lot to do with cowboys and country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I don't get it. But I do, I do think that uh, that Old Town Road song. It, I don't know if he deliberately, like, if he had the plan, but it's it's brilliant. He took the he, two biggest genres of music and, like, oh, let's do a crossover and make millions of dollars off this. Well, honestly, I, I think that's where a lot of music is going anyways, is taking – because we've kind of – like, once we hit EDM, we've kind of reached all of the variations of music we can get, and now it's just these combinations of these variations that are get, becoming unique. Like I, I they're gonna, you, you know, I, I guarantee in the next few years you're gonna see, um, like hard hard rock return again, like the re the original rock, not like what we consider hard rock now, like you know, like well, um, damn it, like the, not the Rolling Stones, I can't remember, like what, one of the old rock bands that we consider classic rock used to be considered. Poison. What? Poison. Well, no, I don't care who. I'm just saying they they used to be considered that. Oh, I don't mean and uh, it's it's just like now now metal's its own genre that's way more intense. But now we're getting stuff like you you know you can get you know punk hip hop you know you can you can get that feel of the uh, the old like emo punk song mixed with hip hop, or you can yeah. get yeah country with hip hop, or you know you can get a, a huge variation. You can get rock and hip hop like like uh, what was it um Marshall Mathers uh, what was it. It was either LP2 or the one before that one. He talks about uh, – he literally, in the song he's doing it, he talks about how he's mixing over rock and how you know, you know he, he can pull it off. But, like, that's what the norm is going to be is just mixing all these genres and uh, basically connecting branches from people that used to like something to something that exists now. Yeah, if there's an open thing that nobody's filled yet, somebody's going to find a way to – Yeah crossover and do it. I'm hoping that like music deconstructs to the point that it's just you know because everyone will have done everything and then they just start like banging rocks against trees and maybe that's where we're, we're heading where it's, yeah, it's just, it just deconstructs into that trash cans and you know well well honestly like it'll I don't think it'll ever go all the way back to that but I think that um having like segments of that in songs for like nostalgia's sake like I'm I'm actually uh where the hell is it? I'm reading a book called um where it is called uh, Guitar Zero and it's a neurolinguistic studying music who uh, who was basically incapable of keeping tempo or a rhythm or anything related to music. Like he had several teachers just tell him like he couldn't learn. But uh from all the studies he's done, he just you know, basically figured out that music and language use the same neural tools, and so as long as he put enough practice into it, it could eventually become good. It, you know, maybe he, he might not be able to come uh, become you know Jimi Hendrix because when you get to that level of stardom, typically it's a combination of an inborn talent plus years and years of practice. So you can still become famous and popular, but like to become one of those icons, those legends, typically it's something that you, you started with, but then you still had to put, you know, your 10,000 hours of practice in. And uh, so, but like that's, so that's what he talks about. And uh, 
he mentions how what was it the Gregorian chants or something like that, like the basic, you know, that whole thing. Like that used yeah. to be yeah. all that music was. And now when you hear that, like you can't listen to it for more than a few minutes, but it but it's still like when you hear it, sometimes you still get cool feelings. Like if you think of the Halo, um the song <laughs> Halo, you know, talk about like the uh, uh yeah. yeah. So um if if you take a song because even that song you know gets into like this um rock kind of feel later right and it's like if you i i feel like that's if we start breaking songs apart i think that's what we'll see like that's what i would even like to see where it's almost the classical renditions of new music so like taking hip-hop taking edm taking um you know like alternative rock and adding these segments of these old styles of music that are intent like they we're, we've grown bored of them purely because of the fact that there's so much more we have now like in once music came to the west uh we created the 12 the 12 note scale and that allowed us to make all these harmonies and melodies and all that we couldn't even comprehend before because we didn't like i think i think i don't know if it's still in the east or not but they're for the longest time uh, the East used a different scale of music, which didn't even allow you to make the types of mixtures that we have now. Because, like, technically, like, even on, like, a, uh, on the string of a guitar, there's more harmonies, that, or there's more notes than just the 12 uh, notes that you go up. You know what I mean? Like, there's more than each of the frets. There's the notes in between the frets. But, you know, the fact that we've broken it down in such a way, we can now make this extravagant music. So it'd be cool to see like really extravagant pieces, but maybe broken down throughout the song into these old classical, like like the rock on stick, you know, sound. Like literally it's just a hammer pieces of that. Like just being able to get the get the old almost like tribal fluids moving while then uh getting back into this really complex song. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. you even see like chefs do it. They, everyone was, you know, you try to make the most complex dish. And then I saw somebody made a deconstructed shepherd's pie, which was just like <laughs> meat and potatoes. You're like, that's just dinner. Yeah. <laughs> that's just dinner. And, and, and that's what I mean. Like, if you do that with music and you broke it down too simple, I think that. You'll get, you'll get the people that buy, like, that banana that was duct taped to a wall. You'll get the people that think that, you know, it's art just for the sake of art. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there's sure there's a culture for that. But I, I think that ultimately it'll be whoever is capable of blending all the old style with the new style. Like, even jazz, it talks about the fact that when, um, like, Mozart and Bach were producing they actually had more improv improvisations than people tend to believe because now it's all like written down perfectly and you have like 12 year olds who can memorize it and sound like Mozart. But the thing is like, they used to make stuff up on the fly and improvise. And then we got very structured over the years and then jazz came and like jazz is the thing that broke it all apart again. And that like that became so big because it was back down to the roots of playing notes that we can't even classify like what one of the uh segments he was talking about um actually it's something i read recently he was talking about a song that uh like the whole song is just two notes and uh if you like the first note's a simple e minor 
And then the second note is this note that doesn't really have a name because if you try to give it a name, it would just have like a, a crap ton of, uh, <laughs> it was like D, D add six, add nine or something like that. It was just like this completely made up name. Uh, I can't find but, uh, oh, man, I wish I could find I know it's like right around here too, but yeah, I just remember that he, he talked about how, um, we used to like, that's something that, um, we would, uh, we would enjoy is the improvisation because or improvisation, whatever it is. But, uh, the reason why we would enjoy that is purely because there's chords and note combinations that we would make that are so complex that they, it's not something you can even write down before you just test it. And like, that's, that's what I think music will go back into. It's like the, the improv of jazz and the old classical music mixed with what we have today with hip hop and EDM. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's one of my favorite parts of hip hop. And that's, I would, I used to host a couple open mics and I used to go to a lot of, um, you know, local open mics where there was going to be a, you know, people might rap or perform, but then at the end of the night, the DJ would just put beats on or the band would just play. And then you'd have rappers come up and freestyle. So when you're doing that, you're getting these like awesome aha moments that are completely unique to that night or that experience. Um, you know, you could go see a band perform 10 times and get the same performance but, um, you know, we at these shows or at these open mics, you knew it was that one thing that one night. I was hosting something at Savoy on Lark Street, and I would have comedians would come up, and they would do sets, and you could see where when they started ripping. That's and, funny. I was just about to say it's very much like comedy in that sense, because, like, when they do a special, they're, it's their rehearsed jokes, and they'll, they'll improvise, like, if an audience member is a dick, but, like, Outside of that, um, when you go to like open mics though for stand up, that's when you see a lot of improv too. Yeah, that's and that's what that whole night was about at Savoy was like we'd have people who it was their first time performing, and that was awesome. And then you'd have comedians who were just working stuff out. And at the end of the night, I had um, two buddies of mine who would play drums and guitar, and we would just go up and make songs up on the spot, and people would come up and and freestyle or sing and uh so that was a lot of fun but that's how i got started in this area was going to these open mics and being super nervous and then being like i think i can go up there and rap a little bit and uh it worked out kinda. <laughs> <laughs> and you were hosting the open mics for a while and then you just decided to take the mic oh <laughs> uh, well no i started going to them and, and rapping and then after years and years and years of doing music and going to, you know, performing. And I was like, you know, let me host and try to give somebody else. Cause I saw that there was a, there was a void in this area for, for that. So I started hosting them and uh, giving other people an opportunity and not really even having the, you know, intention on performing, but then, you know, have to fill some time. I, you know, I go up there and start performing, but it was more about letting other people try to figure it out and get their foot in the door and see if they're any good. I found it. It's 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 a horse with no name. That's the song, and it's just two chords. It's E minor, and then the other chord because it's it's so in between a bunch of other chords. It could it could be like a 
a D add six, add nine, or an F sharp, an F sharp diminished seven, add six, or an F F sharp minor seven, no add, no five, add four, add six. Like there's like a bunch of like random names for it, but yeah, that's that's why impro uh, improv is so um, fun, and that's why jazz is entertaining. It's why even improvised comedy is entertaining because you know it it, it feels more real. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're seeing right there is a unique experience for you. So it makes you want to, that's like, I feel like people are hesitant, not hesitant, but less likely to leave their house to go to live stuff because you know, why leave your house? There's so much stuff to do at your house. So if, if you're going to get them to come out, it has to be a unique, fun experience. Otherwise you're gonna be like, I can see so-and-so next week or next month. Yeah. Um, Watch it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So when we, a lot of the shows I'll do, we'll try to add, you know, an improvisational aspect uh, to it. I mean, I think Frank Zappa said anytime he did a guitar solo on stage, it was, it was never the same. So it was just, you know, anytime he was up there, it was riffing. So every time someone out came out and saw him, they were getting a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at work, because all I can do at work is uh, watch YouTube <laughs> or write. And yeah. Uh, um, I'm watching like a lot of Joe Rogan's like podcast on YouTube and uh, he has got comedians on there all the time, obviously, because he's a comedian and um, Bill Burr or Tom Segura were saying uh, like comedians go to improvs to like learn what their new set is going to be for that year. So they go to improv. So you're basically the first ones to hear that those jokes or like the special comes out. So they actually go to like those like yeah it's the tour before the tour yeah and that's what yeah. kevin hart does. yeah kevin hart goes to like a hundred different like little things and then like what you see in those, that like arena stadium thing that he does is like oh this is like what was he was practicing over like a year or two and then he finally like delivers that yeah, it's 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 also fun to be like in the in the know where like you're one of those people that go to a stand up where you you hear jokes that maybe you find funny, but like if the audience doesn't laugh, that that joke is scratched, it's gone forever. Yeah, it's like that's yeah, you know, that's cool to be a part of that too. Yeah, and I've heard yeah. even comedians just popping in on nights that they're not um, actually scheduled to perform to just work out material. Um, and then I, I, I don't remember what po uh, what podcast or, or what I was watching or listening to, but uh, comedians will say, hey, I hate when people like they'll they'll have their security crew confiscate people's phones before they perform. So that they're not putting up the, the material they're trying to work out. You know, why would you want someone taking your, you know, stuff you're not even going to use and putting it on YouTube? So, yeah, D Dave Chappelle talked about that. He talked about how he went to. Um... And I don't know if it was an open mic or what it was, but I remember he went to a comedy club and he had everyone's phones collected because A, he wanted to test stuff out and B, he wanted to say stuff that was really offensive. No, no, no. And, and then it turned out that like in the second row, there was a journalist who was really good at writing notes. <laughs> and he was saying like, my jokes don't sound as funny if they're not delivered by me. So like you start reading his jokes and you're just like, oh, like, what an awful person. It's like, no, no, it's funny when I do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's like um, in middle school, 
uh, I was writing songs, and obviously, like, I didn't completely know how to write songs back then because I was, like, a seventh grader. But, um, like, there was a kid that took, like, my journal one time, and then he's, like, reading the song. He's not, like, he doesn't have the song beat or anything in his head, so he doesn't know what it's going to sound like. So he's just, like, reading it like this, and I was like, okay, well, now you're, like, butchering it. <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah, well, uh, if you're coll- if we're if I'm collaborating with somebody and they're 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 like send me the lyrics or send me what you wrote so I know where to-. I'm like I don't want to do that. You're not going to read it. You're not going to understand what I'm you know, you know how I'm saying it. Uh, I still think there's room for people to. I still get together with people to you know make songs and write songs. I mean, it's just as easy. They could email me beats or record their verse and send it to me, and then rec- I'll record mine, send it back. But uh, I think it's a different process if you get in the same room with somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, when whenever my uh, brother has people over to write songs, there's a couple different things they'll do. But um, after they, like, as they're getting the lyrics down, they're also trying to uh, perfect the melody that'll be sung to. And, uh, I, I, you know, every phone has a freaking voice recorder on it now. And so what they'll do is yeah, he'll get a, a set of lyrics and then he'll literally just record it and send it to him so that, Either they can record it later live, you know, on a mic, or they can, um, you know, they, whoever he sends it to can go record it on their own, but they'll have the melody at hand. So, yeah, you can't, like, really just send even, like, rap lyrics. Like, you can't, unless you're going to be writing down the, uh, the, the beats, beats per minute for every, for every um, syllable of the rap. Like, it's going to be kind of hard unless you literally do it for them first, even if it's only half-assed, but uh, just so you get the rhythm down. Yeah, it's funny. I'll send my verse to someone, you know, in a in a text message, and then they'll respond with, "Oh, that's dope." And I'm like, "There's no way it's dope. It's I just text message you, a, I text message you a bunch of lyrics." I mean, we'll do that sometimes so that they can know like um, how my verse ends if they're trying to take the rhyme scheme and continue it or whatever. But yeah, you can't tell it's good by reading it. There's no way. Yeah, I really feel it. <laughs> I, really, I get where you're coming from. Feel it now, Mr. Critter. <laughs> you're doing cool stuff, man. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see all the stuff you guys put out. Yeah, I like your idea that you came up with um, for your character for our comic. Because <laughs> first I was like, I made like your, I'm really good at making plots. He's good at, uh, Dylan's really good at like piecing it together. Storytelling, story yeah. <laughs> He's like, that won't work here because this is six panels, not one. I was like, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to overstep my. Like, I was like, you know what? Oh, this might. I but I. I hated it. I hated that I was even sending those to you because I was like, let these guys. They know what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing. I have no clue. But uh, yeah. So I was even like, I don't know if I should send these ideas but oh that's uh, good greg greg doesn't know what he's doing either he's just making <laughs> goes along <laughs> I, like that's there's uh like indie creators of like in general like they don't like sharing things and maybe you can share one thing and it'll become like viral and you won't know so yeah yeah so you can always send me something not like just fucking random yeah you can just fix them all the time like just <laughs> yeah, it's like, why, why aren't you responding? Oh, you're asleep? Hey, so what about this idea? What about this idea? 
but yeah so I, I don't care if like people send me stuff like there's some people that are like oh you're just like spamming me like you could always send me something i don't really care i'll either share or i'll just be like cool and then thumbs up or that's because i'm busy <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I was actually thinking about that too. Uh, earlier, you were saying you don't like to listen to a lot of hip hop, so it doesn't um, mess with what you're thinking. But uh, so, like one of the things, because my my brother doesn't like uh, like rap on or do hip hop like vocals, but he does uh, help produce and mix hip hop songs. And uh, but what he'll do is he won't like binge for a long time, but he might like say a new Kanye album comes out. He'll like listen to the whole thing through and like listen for new ideas. Um, not so much the lyrics. Cause that's not his main focus for songs like that. Although sometimes he does songwriting. Uh, but it, it is, it is interesting to like kind of get those ideas because like the way Greg and I work for writing comics is he comes up with the general plot line, which I, if you just ask me to come up with a story off the top of my head, I'll, almost never have an idea but if you give me like the smallest sample of an idea i can write a you know an eight eight hundred page book you know what i mean like it just all the ideas start flowing off the initial seed and so uh yeah like whenever, whenever uh someone gives us an idea like it's always at least in my head it doesn't it it, it never messes with the good part of our story because if it was if it does then uh, like say say somebody gives us an idea and we like forget what we were working on it wasn't that important. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if it's, if, if it's important enough, your brain will make you remember it because it's going to be like, Oh man, that hit me. Right. Like that was a really good uh, idea. I want to make sure that that stays there. And uh, so it's, it's very hard to disturb a really good idea. Typically it's only the, the good or okay ideas that might get messed up when someone else gives you input. Yeah. All my, all, all my comics were built around this like 1200 page story. And then like, we broke it apart multiple times and then he's like, Oh, that's not going to fit. And I was like, okay. And then I either completely scrap it or I take that chunk and I'm like, that doesn't fit with this whole plot. So I'm going to put that over here and this is going to be a solo series. So that's how all the solo series came out. So you have to have a person that is working with you that actually is in like the same, same headspace or like, you're going to be like, what you're going to like, just not like it in the end. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy Brian I'm working with, uh, we're kind of forming our own label, and um, we have all kinds of different um, different types, different genres. Of, like, there's a band, and, uh, like, they're kind of like a metal band, and then there's a punk-ish band, and um, I rap, and he kind of rap sings. But um, I find him doing it for me, and then I'm doing it for him, is uh, taking, listening to his music and going, okay, these five songs really fit together that one doesn't um let's maybe release that as a single and then we'll make this five song thing an ep and we'll put that out and um you know that's what i did with the lanny bars thing was that was probably seven or eight songs but three of them were didn't fit um so i scrap them and like i, I i'm really precious with my with my material because when i first started doing music there's like a three or four year period where everything I did, it, it nothing, nothing came out. It was on someone else's computer and it just died there. So now everything I do, I'm like, okay, this has to come out in some form or another because it takes time and effort. So. No, that's a really good mentality. There's a lot of stuff uh, like my brother works on that just never sees the light of day. And it's like all that time spent, like you never know. G Gary Vaynerchuk, the guy we were talking about earlier, he has this, uh, 
you know, reference where he's kind of like, you know, the five greatest Michael Jackson songs were never released. You know what I mean? Just because like they died on some, you know, piece of paper or some computer or wherever it was stored. And it, it is not necessarily true, but it's the fact that you don't know, like, um, you, you know, the artist, uh, super duper Kyle. You heard no, that? Have no, you ever heard the song I spy? I bet if you heard it, you might recognize it. It's with it's with Kyle and uh, I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, basically it was a, it was a throwaway song. They were they weren't even going to release it, and like on, on a whim, they're like, ah, fine. And now they're huge because of that one song. It was like the one song that they weren't even going to let let the public hear because they're like, no, nah, they're not going to like this one. And now and now that's the reason they're famous. Yeah, I think it helps too if you have somebody who's who's like uh can play devil's advocate and come in and and take your stuff away from you like i know uh the first tribe called quest album q-tip was just remixing and remastering and changing and adding and then the label just stepped in and went okay it's done <laughs> yeah it's yeah uh, yeah you, you get paralyzed by perfection trying to like you know get it what you think you're supposed to hear but uh, there, there's two things on that. And that. One of them actually, again, from Gary Vaynerchuk, he's like, um, what is it? Quality is subjective. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, you can't know if it's good or not. Like, even an unfinished piece of work might be good to someone. And it might be good to a lot of people, but you don't know until you release it and test it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, don't remember, I think it was the Life of Pablo album from Kanye West. He released it, and it wasn't even done being mixed. Like, the, the beats weren't finished being cleaned up or anything. And after he released the album, he then went back and cleaned it up and kept updating the album and then re-releasing it. And, like, that, even that in itself was almost uh, a form of art. So, like, that was pretty cool. Did we lose him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. But, uh, but, yeah, but it's very interesting just to... Uh, you know, th think about like even even him as big as he is, like he's he's releasing an unfinished album intentionally just to get it out there, and then working on it later, which in itself is almost a style like a an artistic expression, like you know, releasing unfinished music on purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think music for a while too, with the tech, you know, with introduction of all the different technology, everyone was so. Um, focused on getting the cleanest and the best mix and the best master you could get. And then you got people who were going like recording outdoors in order to get a different sound and like a different feel. And um, like people really, I can't remember who it was. Um, uh, the Foo Fighters guy. I forgot his name. Uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl. He went and bought the original studio, the original board that um, Nirvana recorded in so he could get that, like, sound. Um, well, yeah, like, going back. I was going to say, now, like, people do what's called lo-fi, and, and it's almost, like, intentionally un unpolished. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was going to say yeah, something. I mean, it's funny to see people, see people go back and try to uh, get a sound that sounds kind of dirty or, you know, grungy whereas there's people trying to perfect and get the cleanest sound but i mean that also depends on the project like i i'm doing a project with with uh brian right now that 
has a lo-fi sound to it, but it's also based around a lot of jazz samples. So it makes sense for it to have a lo-fi sound. Nah, that's cool. Yeah. And I think we talked to you like last year because we're coming out with our video game and our radio on our video game is going to have just indie music. And I think I asked you if you wanted to be on there. So ask me oh, again. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was super stoked for that. I was, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys would need like um, music without samples or edits or stuff no, like that. No, it'll, it'll be like whatever, like it, it'll probably be MP3 or Wave or something, whatever the, I can't remember whatever the simplest form of music they have now is. I know MP3s are pretty compressed because it's going to have to be compressed because it's going to be in a giant uh, sized yeah. file for video game itself. <laughs> But um, yeah, it'll be like whatever like a finished product would be, and then um, just uh, compressed like crazy. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Um, and if you guys are looking for any other like types of music, um, I don't know if you've heard of like Bad Mothers, but they opened for Quiet Riot was up here or something like that. But they're on the label and Fine Grain. They kind of sound like uh, Toadies. Have you ever heard of Toadies? No, like Possum Possum Kingdom was like on one of uh, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different music on the uh, on the label. So if you guys want to dig in any of that stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. There's like because I like to find musicians. I'm like on Instagram and I'm doing Gary's uh Gary Vanderchuk's like dollar eighty principle thing, which is you have to go under the relevant hashtags for your niche. And you use a top ten, nine, top, top nine, right? That's why you struggle with it. Ba basically, what you do is you go to, you pick ten hashtags that you want yeah. to be introduced into the community. Uh, you go to the top nine, like the the top three, you know, rows of Instagram posts, and then you leave your two cents on each of them. So two times nine times ten, so dollar dollar eighty. But yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 a very uh, powerful way to grow your social media presence as well as connect with your audience or community or whoever you're trying to get connected with yeah so yeah. i used that and uh there was a musician i just shared on our story like one of the like wednesday or thursday uh morning and then she messaged me and she's like oh thanks for doing this why how did you find my music and i'm like you you put it out there <laughs> and she's like yeah but like how did a comic book company find my music and i was like i, I searched for We're it. watching <laughs> <laughs> big brother um so uh yeah i like look up indie musician and then like i just scroll until i like hear something i want to listen to of some sort and then i'm just like yeah and then i'm like oh i'm either gonna share it or i'm gonna like do a actual post about it and then i said that to her and she's like oh, that's like an awesome idea i was like yeah that's what we do <laughs> So that's how I found like a bunch of musicians that are going to be on that radio is like you, uh, there's a guy I went to school with. He's literally just going to give me like instrumentals. There's also a, like three to four different bands he was in. So all of that's going to go on there. Cause I'm trying to get almost every genre that we can. That's indie related. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's huge. Bro. Yeah. And I'm hopefully going to be, we have to, we're gonna start doing like video chats and stuff with the guy that's making our game, my friend Scott, because uh, I actually want the radio to be in like either the video for the Kickstarter or just somehow mentioned because that's like a huge thing for it. 
So maybe your song will be the song that'll be in the trailer or something. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll send you guys a bunch of stuff. I got all kinds of crap floating around. So. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to really say. Uh, we went over basically everything and. Yeah, unless if you got anything else going on. Uh, where can everybody find you? So, yeah, I suck at social media. I'm not the best uh, at social media, but um, I'm on everything. I just am not a frequent poster, but um, Mike Lanny on everything, Instagram, Twitter, M-I-C-L-A-N-N-Y. Um, M-O-U-S everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, I'm working on me and my buddy are starting a record label, um, mixed genre record label, and uh, eventually we'll have you know a bunch of stuff coming out through that. Is there a name uh, for that? That is, oh God, I don't want to. Uh, so I think it, it was something he started initially. It was his long before, and he, um, you know, he would make print T-shirts and it would say um, "Almost Never Dead" because his feeling was he's you know if he's up for 23 hours he's almost never dead so he's like right there but he's always creating and always making music and um so that's i think that's where we're gonna go with the uh with the label there's been all kinds of different um iterations of what we were planning on doing but we got to a point where we just like making music with certain people and they all had the same motivation and they moved all at the same speed and uh, he needed to be organized and I needed to be organized. And um, so, you know, we're getting it all together and we're shooting our own music videos and all that good stuff. So keeping everything in-house, I think, was the biggest thing. Um, when you have to constantly go outside and pay this person or pay that person and then also try to convey what you want to them, it's it gets tough. So we're like, oh, we have enough people in our little clique that know what we want and can produce it so let's just do that we'll just do everything ourselves and yeah yeah we're quality control yeah actually uh i'm glad that we didn't end this yet um <laughs> the build like the physical building that i want someday for this is not just for comics but it's gonna be like uh we kind of figured it out it's like gonna be like a co-worker type vibe so like people could come in like different indie comic book companies can come in and then do their own stuff and then they'll have their own like little cubicle setup thing but they'll be in our building um or there'll be people that'll be part of us but we don't own their property that's like how our whole thing is and uh i want to have like a whole music studio for like indie musicians so they can actually come to the studio and they can work on their own stuff i want to do that with film too but you know that's way more money <laughs> Yeah, that's sweet though. Um, my, I'm in the process of buying a house, and uh, I like the one thing that the house had to have was a big, huge attic space. So, um, I'm the people who are going to end up moving in with me are all musicians, and the attic's just going to be a big music uh, studio and awesome. have like a green screen up there so we can shoot music videos and literally keep everything in house. Nice. Are you, are you split buying a house? What's that? Are you split buying a house like among several people? No, I'm doing this on my own. Um, I had planned on doing it for a while, and then I was like, you know what? Let me buy a two-family home, and I'll have my buddies rent the first floor. Yeah, there and, you go. That's, that's, that's yeah. what I was kind of getting at. 
Getting into real yeah. estate, that's how you cool. do it. Basically, yeah. the best way to get in real estate is to do that, uh, rent one of the parts, and then what you do is you save up money, then you do it again, you move to the next one, and then you rent the one you were in, and you rent the other half of the new one, and you just do that over and over again until you get enough, and then you can switch to like, you know, complexes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan is, is uh, within the next couple of years, I have two two-family homes. But I want to, um, I'm also doing it, so that I can, I have a lot of friends who can't afford to do their art because, you know, you know, they have to work 12 hour days and then, um, you know, a single, you know, a one bedroom apartment is $900. So if I can kind of have like, um, if you've ever seen Silicon Valley. Yep. Where it's like, like an incubator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for my art friends. But even like one of my friends, she's going to school for forensics and um, she goes to Sage. And You're going to just kill somebody and you're going to around. You're going to use that attic to kill some people and be like, figure it <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're keeping her on the team in case we murder somebody. You <laughs> have to murder these lyrics. That's why. <laughs> yeah. she, I mean, she's just like, it's tough to live. And so I was like, you know what? She's paying like $1,000 for a studio. So I was like, all right, well, rent the room Damn. and do what you got to do. And, you know, I don't know if the, if it's got the, oh. uh. Sorry, that's my, that's my phone telling me the battery's low. Um, oh. I got 10%, so we're good. Oh. Um, but yeah, yeah, she, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley, like he's got like a piece of their, you know, whatever their thing ends up being. So I don't know if it'll pay out for me that way, which is not the goal anyway. But, like 10% uh, of six billion dollars or whatever it was but yeah but i'm buying a house up in troy so maybe i'll get like an rpi kid who you know creates yeah. the next facebook or something right. <laughs> he actually went to rpi so oh nice yeah yeah you should talk to the troy innovation garage that's like downtown um they're like a co-working space and be like hey you got anyone who uh Needs a place to to live. I'll also split the rent with them if they give me half their uh, their uh, invention. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. I'm gonna have to. I I met a guy who I think he went to R, Yeah, he went to RPI. He he may live. I don't know. He started a skateboard company and it's based out of. He's got roots in Texas, Poughkeepsie, and Troy. And I just stumbled across his Instagram and was like. Uh, do you want to do a collaboration with the record label and we'll do a skateboard? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So little things like that. It's, it's pretty cool. to have yeah. So, so I might have a skateboard. <laughs> nice. Since nobody answered my uh, little question thing uh, on Instagram yesterday, and I don't know if you saw it or not, I need to figure out where I'm going to put my shelves <laughs> for my YouTube background. Should I put it behind my couch, or should I put it at the at a wall that has a recliner? Huh? Because I don't have much of a apartment. I have a bedroom, this living room, a kitchen, and my bathroom. I can't do it in the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> you could. That might be the most interesting place. To <laughs> People are like, oh, okay. Conversations um, on the toilet. <laughs> That might hey, be Greg and John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right there on the wall behind you probably makes the most sense. 
Yeah, I was I was going to uh, drill the. It's a floating shelf, so it's like the bar that you have to first put on the wall, and then you have to put like just slide the shelf on and screw it in. But um, I was trying to do that. My girlfriend was pretty short. So she she wasn't really much help. <laughs> yeah, but okay, maybe I'll do it there. Yeah, I'm gonna have like a whole setup and everything, but slow process so before your phone dies um yeah thanks for uh oh, yeah, so yeah, just to finish off so you're at your mike you, you got mike lanny on you're on instagram facebook any other places do you have a website uh no not currently we're working on um the almost never dead site we'll eventually have that and everything will be in one place but um i have a big cartel where i was selling um merch but I mostly just keep all that in the trunk of my car for when I have shows. Um, <laughs> plus, they only allow you to upload like five things. And so eventually I have to get organized and have all my stuff. But the goal is to eventually have uh, a website for the label. It's so much easier when you can get, you know, 10 guys chipping in on a website. And um, I, I know a guy that, that can build websites. <laughs> well, that's great to know because I, I cannot. So. Yeah, I, our, our whole website I built. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be in contact once we're once we have all our stuff organized. Cause yeah. we, well, if, if you want, even before you get organized, I, I have a it's called a web design brief. I can send you that'll just help you clarify stuff to yourself, anyways. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd yeah. be awesome. And actually, we have a merchandise store on our website, and it's called the Indie Store. And right now, it's just like stuff from us and like indie comic creators but i'm trying to get like indie musician stuff on there and later film type things like cameras or they'll probably be a separate thing um yeah so i want to try to get like if there's a way to put an album on there i don't know how that would work yet i don't mean but i was just thinking uh, i could probably make an author page for artists as for you know music yeah, saying artists musician musicianal artists as well and you know we could probably also do merch for that. We we work with a drop shipping company, so we don't hold any of the inventory. We just have it printed and sent right to whoever buys it uh, when they buy it. So you don't need it in the trunk of your car. Yeah, because um, when I print T-shirts, that's the big thing with printing T-shirts is like, oh yeah, I sold a lot of size larges last time, so I'll buy extra. And then of course that's the time that everyone wants a small, and then you just end up with a bunch of these huge t-shirts that no one wants anymore yeah that, that's the thing with drop shipping is you you lose a little bit of um profit but you don't hold any um you're not holding on to any inventories you're not you're not spending all the money on that yeah and there's yeah, no that'd be, a rough that'd be so much better than me having to lug around a box of hoodies 50 hoodies in the trunk of my car <laughs> <laughs> Well, I still yeah. need that stuff though for when I tour. So when I yeah, tour, I was gonna say you can bring you can bring a, a smaller selection when you tour, and then what you can do is you can take like uh, you you could probably take um, what's it called like a an invoice, some something like that. But basically, you can have like an order sheet, and someone could order, and then just Venmo you money, and then you would go through and buy it, and it's like mm -hmm. oh, this will ship right to your house. You know, you guys are so much better at this than me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, was a lot of like, uh, research. So. I was also shown by a lot of people who did it the old school way of like real hand to hand, you know, having physical copies and always having merch on you, you know, backpack wrap stuff where you always had a backpack full of your crap. It, so, um, yeah, that's all the guerrilla marketing tactics. That's another little book. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's all the stuff where you're like, you're in the field you know, doing the stuff that's not the traditional marketing style by having this, like, you know, like those people that sell, they're on New York City streets and like, yo, you want to, you want this free album? And then like, once they give it to you, it's like, that'll be five bucks. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it happens, but it's a way that people, you know, try to push their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I suck at, I suck at all that. Yeah. But anyways, before, before we let you go and die on you, um, definitely uh, we'll make sure to put all your, Links in the description, and uh, well, I'll, like I said, I'll send you that web design brief so you can start thinking about your your website and all that. And then whenever you get that up, we can put that in the description too. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you guys. I'm really excited to see all the stuff you guys got coming out. And thanks for having me and listening. Yeah, to yeah, me <laughs>